Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today, we have Javier Mendez back on the show, this time after UFC 254. We're going to break down uh, Habib's fight camp, which everybody knows now did not go according to plan. Uh, we want to get into details on that and see exactly what went wrong, um, even though he had the performance of his life. We're going to break down the fight. We're going to break down uh, you know, what happened after the fight, the future, everything. So, yeah, let's get going. Hav, welcome back to the show. You miss me or what? Yeah, man. That's, I'm, hey, this is the uh, the earliest and quickest time you've ever had me on. Back to back, almost uh, what two weeks apart, including this podcast. It'll be two podcasts in the last five. Yeah. So essentially, what's yeah. happening is you're going for twenty nine and zero on my uh, podcast. On your podcast, yeah. where, where am I now? Four and zero. You're like no, no. You're like <laughs> five or six and zero. I think. Oh really? Okay, I, I think that so. was maybe four enough. You can't even remember. You've had so many podcasts, um, man. So quite a bit. Of, considering it's been only a couple podcasts and like just a what a, a week or something, we can have a whole lot of change. Like <laughs> you said, a whole lot of whole lot of differences in the uh, the old podcast and the new one. How's everything going? Yeah, well, this one compared to the last time when you asked me, I couldn't tell you what was up. Yeah, you know, but but this, this camp this camp had the worst luck. I couldn't believe what happened. We were dropping like flies. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean, here you are in, in a great the greatest facility on earth, right? Yeah. The Nas Training Center and the Nas Complex owned owned by the Prince. This is his private gym. Yeah, we had the greatest everything accommodations, greatest hospitality you could ever ask for. Perfect environment. I'm my jobber. Who is who's our who's our basically hosted like a big become like a big brother you know he took care of us really really well and we had everything the prince is you know very accommodating for us so we had all the luxuries all the amenities we could ever ask for and first thing first I show up here a week early so so I can uh, you know deal with the jet lag which there was I got here early jet lag kicked my butt but yeah, but yeah. I got adjusted I started working out training to get ready for the guys to get here. Well, Habib shows up about five days after I do, and he comes in, and, and uh, he has the mumps. And I'm like, what the hell's the mumps? And I go, because in the good old US of A, we have vaccine. We don't have the mumps. We haven't even heard of the mumps, right? So yeah. I'm like, what the hell? I look it up. It's it's a two-week, basically, death curse. Yeah. You know, you're out, out. You know, so I'm like, oh, crap. When did you get the mumps? Oh, the day before his uh, father's event that he threw in, in Russia. Yeah. So that was on a Thursday. He got the day before. So he shows up that week. And I'm like, oh, crap. So he couldn't work out. He didn't work out at all. He got here on, the, I believe, the 11th, right? September 11th. Didn't work out. Couldn't work out. He couldn't work out. He was sick. So then come Monday, the following Monday, which was uh, the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, about the 16th. He said, okay, you know, I got I to gotta work out. He's got to work out. We have we can't be going two weeks without any workout, something we got to work out. So he worked out really light on Tuesday, and then Wednesday he seemed to get a little bit better. And then Thursday, before training, I'm like, where's Habib? Coach, he's in the hospital. I went, oh, no. He got, it got worse. So he was in the hospital for three days, bro, another IV and everything. And I'm like going – Oh, man, this just couldn't have gotten any worse, man. I'm like, holy moly. I'm going, oh, my gosh. So I'm, like, freaking out, bro. And then um, we're still training the whole thing, waiting for him. And I'm thinking we're fighting probably 
I wasn't for sure, but I was thinking they're either the second most toughest guy or the toughest guy, you know, behind Connor. And I'm going, and we're going to have this going on already. On top of the fact I don't have his father with me, yeah. I'm like going, oh my god, what am I going <laughs> to do? And I, my mind is like racing. I'm thinking, man, if I had a healthy Habib, I wouldn't be concerned. But not had a, I didn't have a healthy Habib. I had a Habib that wasn't healthy at all. So he started training, he gets sick. Then he gets out of the hospital three days later. He can't work out still because he's got to rest. So he rested another three or four days, right? So already, we're already like, you know, almost three weeks into camp. He still hasn't been able to really work out. Yeah. So finally, he he, he, he gets to work out and he works out light that whole week, right? And it goes, it goes coach, we got to gotta do the sparring. I go, absolutely, we got to do the sparring. We're way behind <laughs> the eight ball. So he does sparring, right? And uh, the first sparring session... I was like, no, shit, we're in trouble. There, there's just, there was a lot of things, but, you know, but it was his first one, you know, so I'm like, okay, it's going to get better. The rust, then yeah. we uh, we had the first part session was on a Friday, and that was almost, a, almost we're here almost a month already, bro. So we had our first part session on a, on, a, on a Friday, and I'm going, oh, man, not, not good, not good at all. And I'm thinking, oh, shit. Then, then Monday, we had another sparring session, and you looked almost double what he did on Friday. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm starting to feel comfortable and I'm going, good, okay, yeah, all right, we're good to go. Then all of a sudden, Wednesday comes, second round, he's doing, going for a takedown and all of a sudden he stops and, and I'm like, what's going on? What happened? I go, why, why did he stop? And and because, you know, he's such a warrior, he doesn't show yeah, any yeah, pain. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what, 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 what's going on? And all of a sudden, his, his foot, right? And I'm like going, oh, what the, oh, I just heard it. Oh, it's real bad, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, so he continued to spar that one out, right? And I'm thinking, but it was obviously very bad, right? And next thing you know, we take a couple of days off, and then and then he has an x-ray broken, broken toe. <laughs> so I'm Unbelievable. Going, shit, you know? And then a broken toe, we're three and a half weeks out from the fight, three and a half weeks out, broken toe, and I'm like, great. This is all we need. Great. So now we're in that situation. And on top of that, uh, the other guys uh, were getting the mumps because it was highly, highly contagious. So we had another fighter, uh, two, actually, four fighters got the mumps. You know, uh, they got thrown out of their fights. They, uh, uh, Umar, Umar got thrown out of his fight. Not only did he get the mumps, he got staff. staff yeah. You know, he got out of the fight. And then uh, Islam Madvidov, same thing, too. He got thrown out of his UAA Warriors fight because he got the mumps. You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, what's next? You know, and a bunch of guys got staff and it was like it was just one thing after another, man. And I'm like going, this is a cursed camp. You know, we had the greatest facility, had the greatest host, had everything going for us. But the camp itself was bad, you know, yeah. and I'm like going. Phew. So anyways, long story short, you know, Habib, you know, I said, hey, you know, I'm telling you, you should cancel the fight. I think you should cancel the fight. He goes, no, no. No, coach, that's fine. I know I'm not going to cancel the fight. I said, all right, okay, all right. I mean, you're the fighter. I mean, that's what you want to do. I guess you're going to have to fight through it. Then he goes, yep, I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to cancel the fight, you know. And I'm like, well, can we at least look to get into a quarter zone shot or something like that? Of course, that didn't work either, so so we couldn't do that. I'm like, okay, well. Now the lidocaine, they can't, they, I think you can't have the lidocaine if they want you. So you have to get the cortisone by itself, and then it, it still hurts just as bad. Yeah, but he didn't get the cortisone. He didn't get no cortisone shots at all. Yeah. So, so anyways, we're going into the fight with a broken bone. We couldn't train, and then finally he had to train, bro. We had to train. So we we got actually uh, two, almost two full weeks of training. 
almost two four, two four weeks of training. So he went back to train. He really couldn't step on, on the on the on the foot. You know, he couldn't check, couldn't leg check. Knowing full well that Justin was going to come after that leg like a mother. And I'm like, you know, the very first thing I told him on first day of camp, he's coming after your leg. If I was him, I would come after your leg. I would tear your leg up. And he's a great kicker. He's a great low leg kicker. He's coming after your leg. He's coming right after your leg. And Habib's kind of getting tired of me telling him he's coming after your leg. <laughs> you yeah. know, that, that, uh, I said, I, hey, that's my job. You know, I have to figure out what's, what's the weakness on him. And I think that was one. So that was one of the areas. So anyways, long story, fast forward. So he, he started training and his last sparring session, he looked fantastic. He just looked like I said, I got Habib back. And it took a short period of time for it to happen. So it wasn't like, you know, it took time. No, man. It's like, boom, all of a sudden, like fight night, I was really so confident. And, and it was all because here. And he says to me, coach, he goes, hey, my toe is broken, but my mind's not. You know, and I said, that's good because that meant that, you know, no matter what was going to happen, the toe wasn't going to be a factor. And we couldn't use the toe as an excuse. So if things didn't go our way, I wouldn't be talking to you about the toe. I wouldn't even say nothing about it because, you know, that's sour grapes, you know, because all fighters get injured. All fighters come in messed up. I'm just explaining the truth of what happened. And and also there's a, a, a video that I put out there about the snake, the eagle and the snake. Yeah. <laughs> That was a uh, that was a uh, boo boo too. That almost took us out because like a dumbass me, the uh, my camera guy uh, uh, Lynn Dempsey who, who does a podcast with me. Yeah. He you know he said hey let, let's uh, you know there was a thing about bringing a prank bringing a cheetah in because Habib's deathly afraid of animals bringing a cheetah in you know to the to the NOS training center to, to give him a, yeah. like a scare. Well, <laughs> Lynn says. Well, why don't you bring a snake? They're deadly, la la la. And and like a dumbass, I'm thinking it's not my idea. It's not something I wanted to do. But I'm thinking, okay. So I we were filming the documentary. So I said, okay, but film it. It's not my idea. It's your guys' idea, not mine. Okay. Yeah. So we said, okay, no problem. Well, now we go into the situation. The snake comes out, and and I'm really far away because I'm really afraid of snakes. I and especially that thing was about twenty foot long, it's maybe huge. fifty. Oh, it was a huge yeah. damn snake, and I, I, I'm definitely afraid of snakes, bro. So you doing the cobra thing? Screw that! <laughs> I, I wouldn't even got a hundred yards near the cobra. Like you, got, you were right there. But anyway, so the snake comes out, and I'm like, make sure I'm pretty far away, right? Because I don't want to be near it. And I'm filming, I'm filming, and all of a sudden the, the the handlers let the snake out right behind those guys, and they're like, oh my god, they're all scrambling, they're running all over the place, and you can hear me, ha 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 ha! I'm laughing, laughing. All of a sudden, you know. Boom, 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 and then I look, and then I see, I see Movlet, one of the one of the fighters. He's got blood coming down here, and I'm going, "What the hell is that?" And then Habib goes, "I, my teeth hit his head while they were running from the snake, because Movlet's deathly afraid of snakes too. He hates them with a passion, so yeah. he was so scared, and they were going hysterical, right? So he ran and boom, hit his head, and and I'm just thinking flashback ago with all the bad luck here, I almost, I almost allowed. And I did. I allowed it. I allowed it. So it's my yeah. fault. Nobody else's fault. My fault. I allowed that to happen. You, you know how I am, right? Yeah, about yeah. And I allowed this to happen. Can you imagine what would happen if you would have lost his teeth or, or been, worse yet, been out of the fight because of a dumbass coach? You know, I'm like, oh. Uh. So I'm making fun of the idea of me being an idiot. Yes, 100%. So we had that too. So it's just a bad thing. But coming into the fight, you know, he was 100% mentally ready to go, 100%. Yeah. And I had no doubt uh, as far as what he could do. But what my doubt was, 
and and, and this is very something that I didn't know. I didn't know how he was going to do regarding his father. I really did yeah. not know. I had no idea how that was going to work out, whether it was going to benefit me or go against me. I was hoping it would benefit me, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I never want to interrupt my, my guests, but I have, I have a few points. I'm going to try to see if I can remember all these three points in the last 12 minutes. I know I have three to four points. So that's how good I, I can do with uh, replaying all this in my mind. Number one, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about the podcast. That I remember the first podcast we did, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" Like, how 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 much can we talk about? Because like, you know, like you're, you're trying to find out about Habib and his fight camp, and you want to say all positive things, and it's like, you know, everything was so negative. So I totally remembered that that was just that was like oh, shit. You know, like I, I was nervous too. Um, number two, I want people to understand that when you say he had a shitty first sparring session, like understand you as as a coach, like like you're very, you know. That doesn't mean he did shitty. That means he just didn't do, do as good as what you wanted. Obviously, you're very strict, and, and, and a good a good sparring session for you is a good sparring session. So anyone else that saw oh, that sparring session would have probably thought it was fantastic. Yeah, he didn't lose any sparring sessions. He just, but he was shitty compared to the plan. Yeah, and then and then number three, when you told him to uh, back out of the fight, and you said they should back out of the fight. Obviously, this is a fight that he can't really back out of, but. Good for him for, for, for not backing out and winning the fight because you told me the same thing in one of my fights, and I should have backed out. You had that same <laughs> conversation with me, and you tried to get yeah. me out of the fight. You tried everything in your power to get me out of that fight, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't back out, and it turned out to not be so good <laughs> Good for me. Um, but, yeah, that was a horrible, man, horrible camp. But that really shows you, like, not only, uh, you know, to be undefeated is tough. Like, I, when I first got in the UFC, I was on a five-fight win streak. That was hard to do because, as you know, of anyone, you never show up 100% for every fight. You're always showing never. up at 60, 80, 90. Just, I've showed up 100. I showed up 100% one time that I can remember for a fight, and I lost. Like, that's, that shows you. That shows you what happened, right? I, I ended up, like, getting choked out by Tiago, and, like, I had to wake up and, and have Bruce Buffer tell me what happened, and that's never a good idea or never a good, good sign in a fight. Um, but you never show up 100%. So when you see these guys that pull off these, like, long winning streaks, it's, it, it's really admirable to, to, to you know, for, for the fans that don't know, they go through so much adversity. You know, none of these fights are 100%. They're always tough. Like some of them, they're at 50% or less. I mean, you got relationship problems. You got divorces. You got injuries. You got, you know, sickness. You got all these different things. So for Habib to go 29 fights and know it's so much more credible than what people think. And then this camp being so bad, this was like one of the worst camps with the most on the line. I mean, this was like you know, because of the, the reasoning behind it, he had to win this fight. He had to win it dominantly, and he had to prove he was the best. I mean, he didn't want any questions after this fight, as we know. And, you know, you can't leave the sport as he planned to do, even though he didn't tell anybody. Um, but, you you know, in his mindset, you can't leave the sport and leave uh, MMA and then have all these questions of like, oh, you should have fought this guy, or your stand-up wasn't as good as, as some of these other guys, and you couldn't probably stand with this guy, whatever the case. He answered all those, and I think the fact that he did it in such a horrible camp, I was nervous going into the fight because of all these reasons, but it's like it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a testament to him as a champion to go out there and, and suffer what he did and have such a bad camp and put on such a great performance. Can you imagine how you would have felt if you knew he had a bad camp? Yeah. <laughs> he would have been like, oh. <laughs> so we, no one knew, and the yeah. bottom line is even though we had a bad luck camp, at the last three days was unbelievable. So, so, so forget about what happened during the camp. When he was ready to fight, 
his toe was was already um, almost three and a half half weeks into the break so it was starting to heal it wasn't completely healed but it was starting to heal Mm -hmm. so that was not as huge of a factor as as you would think so at the end of the day you know he was in shape mentally and he was physically in shape because number one people if they understand habib he trains year-round so he's not a guy that takes three four months off if he was one of those guys we'd be in trouble but because he trains year-round it's okay so i'm stating the facts but by no means even if we had a great camp, could he have been probably better? I don't know. I don't know how much better he could have been, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, he he was looking so goddamn sharp. In the last two sparring sessions, he was so on. I was like, damn. I go, so so let's make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> Coming fight time, he was ready to go. He was on point. And I was very happy with his performance. The only thing was concerned was how the father thing was. Because I yeah. know... I didn't talk to him about his father. I didn't want to talk to him about his father. And still to this day, I haven't because I don't want to bring up, I don't want to bring it up, you know? And obviously after the fight, you saw how emotional he got because he did it for his father. It was like, and I just went up to him and I said, I love you. Let it out. Just let it out. You know, well, you got to cry. Screw it. Cry. You know, there was a lot of emotion there, you know, and, and he did. It. He let it out. Yeah. And I want to clarify too. Uh, you know, I didn't know all the details. Uh, you know about the fight camp. I, when I was talking about the the, the podcast and, and and when we were talking about it in the beginning, um, and, and I knew you had said that it was a lot of things happen and it's tough. Or it was a tough yeah. fight camp and all that. So you, I know you. You know, and I know I, I don't. You're the most loyal guy I've ever met in my entire life. So I can tell you something and you'll take it to your grave. And so so will you do the same for everyone else? So I'm never going to pressure you for stuff like that. But when you started telling me on the podcast about you know things aren't going as planned and like, you know, things are tough and things are like, I knew the way you were talking and the way you were saying it. Like I knew we were going to be having this podcast afterwards. Like I knew we were going to talk about the details. And then obviously since then we talked about everything and, and we knew the whole situation. So that's where I was going with that. And, but what, how is it? So after the win, you know, we saw the win, we saw the emotional uh, retirement. He put his gloves down and, um, how was it backstage? I saw you with footage and stuff and, 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 you know, how was, how was he and how were you and how were the team when y'all got away from the cameras, the emotions settled down a little bit and you guys were in the back kind of really taking this in that, that he, he won this fight. Well, I, well, I was happy because he did what I knew he could do. And, and, and uh, I was so like pumped, you know, and then when he's, when he's doing his speech and talking about, he's hanging him up, my mouth just like dropped i was like what yeah i was like huh i go where did this come from I, go, what I, I was saying the same thing what happened to, what happened to 30 and no father's plan what happened i guess father's plan worked father's plan right and he did he held that uh for me and and for good reason and he should have he shouldn't have told me i i wouldn't have wanted to know i didn't want to know I wouldn't have wanted to know. So he did the right thing by not telling me and, and, and uh, let the world know when he let the world know. I mean, whether his uh, corners, his, his people that had been with him since he was a child, uh, that they were with me, had they known? I don't know. I, and, I didn't, and I didn't discuss it with those guys, and, and I'm not going to. He's retired. He's retired. That's it. There's no, why are you retiring? He already explained it. You don't got to explain it to me. Exactly. I'm behind him 100%, you know, and, and that was it. That was it. So that's the end of the story. Um you know, but was I shocked? Absolutely. At the very end, how was it? It was great. You know, it was great. You know, it was like, you know, uh, we accomplished something that I feel that that uh, it, it's the greatest light lightweight of all time. And and you know, and, and you know, and me, I'm being biased, but but 
very well could be the greatest fighter of all time. Uh, but of course, that's be, being biased because it, you know it could be it could be a number of two or three other guys that could be in that slot before him because of longevity. But but as far as accomplishments and dominance. Uh, I've yet to see anybody that uh, that's in the top three pound for pound best of all time have the dominance that he did. So that's why I would put him as the greatest of all time because of the way he dominated. The longevity is one thing. The amount of titles is another. But what he's done and how he's done it, and no one's done it better. No one. No one's done it better. No one. And that's just my opinion. But it's as not, a lightweight, everybody knows pound for pound, lightweight, the lightweight, he's the greatest lightweight of all time. Here's the thing. I agree with you and disagree with you at the same time. And you know what? I, I never get into controversy, and I almost I almost made a tweet yesterday that I, I probably would have regretted because I don't I don't want to get into controversy. But I, I think, without a doubt, 100%, Habib is the greatest fighter of all time, and I think he's the greatest sports athlete of all time. And I'm going to back that up with, with this right now. Now, first, I want to say John Jones has been really upset the the he took the number one spot and knocked John Jones down. And now he's been really salty about it, and 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 the way he came across, he's losing a lot of fans because of that, um, because he's being disrespectful in a time that he shouldn't be. Because Habib just won the fight; it's been twenty four hours. It's like let him have his moment. Um, and and I want to say this first and foremost to to not only John Jones and to the fans out there. I'm a huge John Jones fan. I'm a fan. I know he fought Daniel Cormier. I know we were against him in those fights and, and this that and the other. But I'm a huge John Jones fan as a fighter. I think he's one of the best to ever do it. He's be some of the legends of the sport. He's done it in an outstanding fashion. But this is my this is my point when you're talking about the greatest pound for pound fighter of all time. Habib went 29 and 0. He won 29 fights and never lost but one round. Um, you know, and the thing is, even even now two, now two, two rounds. You're counting the two, one against yeah, they, the new one. The, the one that with with Justin, he lost the first round on uh, on two of the scorecards. I don't see how he lost that one, but whatever. Either way, two rounds. He lost two rounds, but both of those fights, he absolutely destroyed his opponent, and there was no question mark. So there was no decision. No there was no question no. mark, and, that, and that's the worst no, thing he's no. ever done. In 29 fights, yeah. he's lost two rounds, and that's it. And then you, and then also he's won every they fight. Were questionable. Questionable right. rounds. Questionable rounds, and he won them all, and he beat everybody. I mean, he demolished everybody. He, he never was in danger of losing a fight in his entire career. So you take that, and he had 29 fights. Uh, and you're, I'm comparing to John Jones now, and again, I, I all due respect to John Jones as a fighter. I think he's one of the best to ever do it. But you compare that to John Jones. John Jones had two fights taken away from him because of cheating. First of all, he used an illegal move to win a fight. And he lost to Matt Hamill. I was there front row for that fight. And he did a great performance. and It was a great fight. But nonetheless, he did use an illegal blow. And it cost him to, to lose that fight. Now, you can say he didn't lose the fight by getting finished or dominated or whatever else. But he chose to use an illegal blow or it was an illegal blow. Whatever the case, that should be a mark against him. He also had a fight overturned to Daniel Cormier because of, of failing a drug test. So that's two fights he's had taken away, which were flaws. I think those should be judged as flaws. He's also had multiple rounds lost, more than Habib, uh, in fights. We obviously know that. Um, he's had a split decision loss. I'm sorry, win. Split decision win, which means uh, that was a questionable win. And he's had questionable wins that weren't split decisions as well to the fans. You know, it's, it's arguable, whatever. He's also... Um, you know, outside the ring, I mean, we could go on about that as well. You know, he's had arrest, he's had this, that, and the other. I, I just think when you look at the overall and 
uh, Habib has won more fights than he's won, you know, and, and he's done it in an impressive fashion and he's never cheated. He's never got disqualified. He's never had a fight overturned. He's never been close to getting beat. And he's barely lost two rounds in the entire time. I don't see, in my opinion, how you could possibly put him under John Jones for those specific reasons. John Jones made a comment and he said, uh, you know, he was saying a lot of things about like one of the things that, that I, if I remember correctly, that he tweeted was, uh, well, I guess I'm going to ask for the heavyweight title because they're just giving stuff away now. I thought that was super disrespectful to Habib. Habib didn't get anything given to him. He beat everyone in the division. He left and there's no question that there's nobody left that can beat him or at least that thought they could beat him. There's nobody stepping up on the internet right now like, you should fight me before you leave. You know, how many times has that happened where somebody's left a division, even Henry Cejudo? People's left a division, people's left a sport, and all these people jump up like, you should have fought me, you should have fought me. Nobody's saying a word. Nobody's jumping up and saying, you should have fought me. Uh, number two, he demolished everybody. Uh, number three, he answered every question. I mean, people who argued about the fact, oh, his stand-up may not have been as good as it should have been, or, or he you know, wasn't as good as, say, Justin Gaethje or Tony Ferguson or whoever else's stand-up, he, he answered that question on his closing fight. I don't think there is any reason why he's not at the very, very top of that list, in my opinion. So I have to disagree about that. I think not only in the 155-pound division, I think he is the greatest sports combat athlete of all time. My opinion, stamp on it, and that's just how I feel. Well, like I said, you know, um, I'm, I'm in your boat, but I'm his coach. So, And then also, too, realistically, what really counts more than anything is the masses. The masses, they're the ones that are going to vote you. They're the ones that are going to say. Uh, and, and, and in all fairness, uh, the debate is still open uh, for John. Because in all honesty, if he wins the heavyweight title, it's going to be kind of hard to when not to give him that When you become a two-division champion, yeah. it changes. I get it. Yeah, so... so so he's he. I read something where he said that, and and, and I have to one hundred percent a question. If there's a question mark now between who it is, right? It's been GSP, uh, Anderson, or, or him. But if he wins the heavyweight title, I'm sorry, uh, case closed. You know, in my book, in my book, it's case closed because and and I think I saw someone say he tweeted that, and I think he's correct. I I think, I think if he can do that because that's and because think about who he would have done it against. Either, either it'll be either against Francis Ngannou if he manages to fight Stipe, and, and even if it's Stipe, it's still the greatest heavyweight of all time. But Hav, I don't. I, but he could he could win. A, first of all, he's had questionable fights in his own division. He's had split yes. decisions and questionable fights and lost rounds in his own division. Yeah, but to beat the great heavyweight of all time, to beat the greatest heavyweight of all time, and to be to be uh, as many title defense. I mean, I, like I said, it's not for me to judge yeah. because I'm I'm not saying I believe that if he's able to accomplish that, I believe that the, the, there's no doubt that the vast majority of the people are going to label him the greatest of all time. But for me, for me, for me, that's fair. Right now, it's that's fair. And you know what? You for you me, can. It's and, and, and for the people listening to this, please leave a comment and, and, and let us know what you think. But here's my, my thing on that. Like, you can jump up and, and fight a heavyweight, which he's been saying he's going to do for, what, three years? He hasn't done it yet. So he hasn't done it yet first. But and number two, if he does jump up and do it, he could land a crazy strike or something and win, but not necessarily have plowed through the, the division and, and earned, you know, those spots and hard-fought fights like DC did, where it's like a grinder fight. And he could do that. He could do that. But... Even so, in his own division, 
He's had split decisions. He's lost rounds. He's had fights overturned. So he didn't really destroy his division like Habib did. Habib destroyed that division. And who's to say Habib couldn't drop in weight or go up in weight and possibly win a fight as well? He didn't. I get it. And we can't really, you know, we can't judge what he hasn't done yet. He's just more dominant to me, I think. He's retired. Now, had, had he not retired... I mean, in all honesty, had Habib not retired, it might be almost near impossible to duplicate him. You know, yeah. to be honest. I mean, if I'm being honest, if he if he didn't retire uh, and he continued to fight the way he that sucker improves, I'm sorry, I, I don't see I don't see how he could be for hundreds of years the the greatest ever because he still demolish everybody, bro. That's my especially in his division for sure. I mean, like I said, things change when you switch weights, so you can never know until it happens. But I think the question to ask when you want to talk about the pound for pound, if, if you're going to talk about what, well, no, just in general, um, Gaethje was definitely the fighter that had me saying, okay, this is a possibility he could land that strike, he could possibly land that big knockout punch, change the. The course of the fight at least win a couple rounds, if not win, and beat Khabib. This is a guy that could possibly do it. When Khabib fought him and put that to rest and beat him so dominantly on the feet, it took away the fact for me that if Khabib continued to fight right now, that whole thing that we always say like, well, this is fighting, anything can happen. I think Khabib is the closest fighter in the world to to go against that. I think, no, if Khabib fights again, he's it's not one of those things anything can happen Habib's gonna win like in my opinion unless something's wrong he's going to win and I think you can't say that with John Jones because John Jones has lost uh close decisions uh you know he's lost rounds there are people out there that you can say yeah there's a good chance you know that they could possibly beat John Jones and so that's the reason when you look at it and compare it that way and talk like that I don't think there's a man alive at 155 that can beat Habib and probably not in the division above and below him, to be honest, I mean, I, I, it, it'd be a hard-fought fight in a, in a higher division too. But yeah, it's hard because he has never done it. But 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 you know, I mean, come on, man, I'm his coach. So, I get it. I get it. So, so I'm I'm going to toot his horn more than anybody else's. But why is what I'm know, doing? Uh, in this case, in this case, I think everybody else is tooting his horn probably more so than I am. So I am so, for but sure. I, I'm playing and, that thing and, like a trumpet. Course, I think he's the greatest. I think he's the greatest personally. And, yeah. and a long time ago, in 2012, I told him that I thought Muhammad Ali, to me, to me, to me, Muhammad Ali is the greatest fighter of all time. And I told him not because of what he did in the ring, it's because of what he did outside the exactly. ring. Exactly. And you got to, to me, it, it, when I say the greatest, I'm talking about just fighter. I'm talking the greatest fighter person. The champion. And Muhammad Ali, to me, was fighter person yep. champion for the people champion in the ring habib is champion for the people champion in the ring in the yep. octagon yep. so so to me they translate the same now people said hey uh, habib how do you feel people are you know it goes i'm not in those guys' level but you yes. know what yes. he is at their level it's, just, it's not him to say he can't say yes i'm in that he cannot we say it you say it the fans say it everybody knows look the whole Middle East got revived on MMA. The whole Middle East. They got the UAE Warriors has got a great promotion. And, and it's all founded because of the, the great achievements that Habib's done. The, 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 this, this, the whole area is coming up big time because of what Habib has accomplished. I mean, everywhere I go, everybody's talking about Habib. I mean, he's yeah. a major, major hit, bro. And, and uh, it's it's all him. One and he's word, a good person. Habib. 
He's a good person. You yeah. know, and I, I'll, I'll end it with this so we don't just go on and on and on about it and beat a dead horse there. But I'll say this. like, it, Okay, so pound for pound, take it what it is. He is the pound for pound right now, and that's just what it is. So I'm happy with that. And I asked Dana if he was going to be pound for pound if he beat Gagey, and he said absolutely. In fact, Dana said he was the pound for pound during the podcast. So I'm happy with where, where, it's, where it is right now. So I'm not arguing about that. But I'm saying, like, say forget the pound for pound, forget the whole whatever. If you're looking at, like, a Muhammad Ali – and you and you say, okay, who's the Muhammad Ali of today? And you got your 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 top position guys. You got your John Jones, you got your Floyd Mayweather, and you got your Habib. Those are the three kind of like your your best fighters in sports combat. Um, who who is your Muhammad Ali of today? I think there's zero doubt it's Habib. There's zero doubt Habib is the ambassador of the sports world to in the sports combat. Who else is building gyms? Uh, I mean, everything to build he does. gyms around the world for free. For, for underprivileged kids, is Floyd Mayweather, is John Jones working foundations to do that? Habib is. Before yeah. the pandemic, he was they're going to open up all the, kinds the of charity stuff. In the UK. He's yeah. doing all those things. Who who went out and helped all those kids uh, build wells to get bring, yep. bring drinking water and all that? Who Habib? And who 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 is doing all these things? None of these other guys are. He is. So so he is doing what I'm talking about. He's doing. For the people, and 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 then Floyd and, and and John, they're doing some good things too, but they're not far and above what Habib's doing. No way, right. no way. I, at least I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I mean, they're good guys. From what I see, they're good people. People love them, but the whole world doesn't see what I see. It, 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 you know, they're, they're seeing good, great athletes doing the humanitarian things, and you know, Habib's been instilled to be this way from from a child, from his father. Yeah. So he's fulfilling his father's legacy, bro. So. He's doing all those things helping them because his father did it. His father, you know, his father, what I was told in their village, they have like um, the, the, the the city where he lives, Mahakashala, yeah. and then there's the mountain village, and then there's another village. Mm. Well, his father saw the value in training martial arts that he sold like 10 or so of their cattle so he can build a gymnasium for the kids, the kids to train for wow. free. And everybody thought that he was crazy. Like, why is he doing this? But that was his driven mission to give these kids an outlet. And they molded these kids. I mean, that man was a great man. And that's why Habib is where he is, because his father instilled that in him as a young boy. And he grew up with that. He grew up and then Habib would get out of line. His dad would smack him. You know, he'd do something wrong. I mean, I remember one time Habib told me that uh, there's this one guy that picked on his cousin who's an older guy, and Habib went and confronted this guy and beat the hell out of this guy for picking on his cousin. Yeah. Well, his father finds out that he did this, and guess what his father does? <laughs> beat the hell him. out of him. You know yeah. why? Because the guy was an elder. He was an older guy, and his dad beat Habib because Habib beat an older and you're not supposed to do that. Someone I mean, that's the kind yeah. of mentality, and that's the kind of upbringing he had. His father ruled with an iron fist, sturdy love, but he was disciplined, man. And, and Habib, is that's what he's all about, you know, helping people, giving back, you know, and, and, and that's what he does. And, and, and whether he likes it or not, he is his father. Yeah. I agree with you. And, and I'll end it on this and we'll get off this topic. But again, I don't mean any disrespect to Floyd or to John Jones or anything else as, as far as being fighters. Absolutely great. I'm biased. I'll 100% say that I'm biased on Habib. But I do feel what I said and 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 and, and, yeah. and what I just went over was all true. I, I do think it is based on factual information that you can look up and that you can watch and that you know. But I am biased and so I don't mean any disrespect. But we'll move on because obviously we go on for days about it. I, I just love Habib. You love Habib. No, listen, but when it comes to fighting, pure ring fighting, 
Pure ring fighting. To me, Floyd Mayweather is the greatest of all time. Pure ring fighting. The masterful, the craftiness of everything he's done, the spotless. He's the greatest of all time in, in my eyes. When I, we're not talking about just that, but we're talking not in the ring. We're talking outside, how you handle your wife, how you handle your friends, how you handle the fans. We're talking, to me, the greatest of all time is how you handle the whole scope of things, not for me, ring fighting. No, if I'm going to say the greatest of all time, I'm going to say this is the greatest fighter, ring fighter of all time. But Habib, to me, is a great fighter around. He's the greatest around, you know, he's the greatest there, you know. So that's why I, I consider him the greatest because of what, like I said to him earlier on, it's not what Ali did in the ring, it's what he did outside to me. That's why, to me, still to this day, as a boxer, Muhammad Ali is the greatest of all time to me. Not not, not as far as what he did inside the cage, because to me, I think Floyd is not wins that department. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, and, the, and the point is, as a boxer... He's a beautiful boxer. I mean, it's just he's like a near perfect, if not perfect, boxer. When you look at MMA, it's it's there's no one that's really near perfect or imperfect in MMA. No. So Habib wasn't obviously to that to that level as far as like boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai. There's too many elements. So as no. far as getting it done, many winning elements. fights, he 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 got it done. One fights, uh, fortitude, mentality, strength, and all that. But I get what you're saying as far as like yeah, I totally understand what you mean about as far as a sport. And who operates that sport like a Tiger Woods type situation, you know, mm -hmm. with the finesse and with the I, I get what you're saying. So I, so there we go. We, we we kind of still gave some credit away a, a little bit there. But let's get to the fight really fast. Um, yeah. What what um what went so right on the feet? What what did y'all work on? And what went so right on the feet? Because I I was sold just like the world because a lot of what Habib said wasn't true. Apparently, leading up to this fight. Um, He's going to take the fight down over and over and over and over. It's no, you know, it's no secret, and that's what he's going to do. Uh, he didn't. He went out there, and he fought toe-to-toe -to -toe with one of the most violent, vicious strikers in the sport and actually put – from what I saw, in my opinion, he put panic and, – and this is no disrespect to Justin. I absolutely love Justin and thinks he's a fantastic fighter. Um, but he, he put panic in Justin's face on the feet versus where he usually does it on the ground – and had Justin kind of running away, and he was landing. And then when he would take punches, Jesus, he was like a Terminator. I mean, he took like a couple really hard punches from Justin and didn't even like phase. I mean, he didn't even stop moving forward like the Terminator. Tell me about that. Yeah. Tell me about the preparation you did well, with him and how that all played out. And, and, and how do we see this? Because I wasn't expecting that. Well, we, we you know, I, I expected Justin to be as great as he was because I viewed everything. I, I, I didn't pay attention to Justin. I, I was asked in 2019, one of the reporters goes, what do I think of Justin? I said, I, I don't. Because at that time, he wasn't even in the, he wasn't, to me, he was still one or two fights away from, from, from me going, okay, this just just exciting as hell. That's all I looked at. Right. And he was reckless. I looked at him as a reckless, fighting as hell, do or die type of guy. That's what he loves, you know. So I didn't think much. So I, so when they asked me what I think, I said, ah, you know, uh, you know, I don't, you know. And then then of course, you know, everybody, all eyes are on him when he fought Tony. When with what happened and the way Crazy. he operated with Tony was a master. In, in my opinion, it was a master performance. And I'm like, oh boy, yeah. Now I got fight in my hands. <laughs> yeah, we before did. it was like before it was me like, too. oh, I, where's that wild crazy guy? Yeah, exactly. That no, no, no. Wow, I saw a very calculated, very smart, very intelligent thinking fighter. And I went, damn. And then, then hearing his coach, who I think is a great coach, 
talk to him, you know, when, when he looked like he was going to go and slug it out. He goes, remember what happened last time? And I yeah. said, man, that goddamn coach is good. Whitman's and I said, amazing. I got my hands full on this one. So I knew, I knew going into this, I better use my head because I got a master chess player on the other end. And if I don't do my homework, they're going to checkmate us. So I told Habib, they're going to focus a lot on, 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 your, on your leg kick. They're going to go to the calf. They're going to go to the calf because that's what I would do. I would come after your calf like a crazy guy. And, and now I'm thinking broken broken foot doesn't help. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, man, and that's where they're going to come. I'm going, oh, my God. I'm thinking we're in trouble. So so that's coming into my mind. So we're working we're working a lot of leg defense, you know, like move the leg away, leg checking, inside check, outside check. If we didn't do that, I don't know what would have happened because he was landing. He did land about three or four real good ones. Yeah, he did. You know, and I knew he would land some. I knew. I knew it. There's no way we're going to avoid him completely not landing. He was going to land some, but he was going home run on them suckers. But I also knew, uh, I taught him uh, Cain Velasquez style. And, and what people don't realize is that Cain Velasquez style is a lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure, pressure, pressure. It's hard for you to do anything when you got Cain Velasquez style coming at you because Cain will punch you and you think you're going to punch and they take you down because you got, you got the element of feeling, okay, he's punching me, but wait a minute, shit, he might take me down. So that's what Justin felt. Justin felt the pressure of a guy that can punch him properly, but also look to take him down and punch him and hurt him. So first thing I said, when you first go out there, stay relaxed, feel him out. I don't want you to come in and do nothing. Feel it out for a while. Feel him out, feel him, feel him out. So you watch, there's almost, what, almost two minutes, one minute and a half or whatever, yeah. no yeah. action. That was on purpose. That was by design. And Justin... We were either expecting him to bum rush us or to wait for us. So one or the other, we expected either one. So we knew he was going to wait or come in. So we were prepared. And we're thinking if he come in and try to shoot in on us, boy, that would have been a bad mistake. Yeah, We knew we knew that had been a bad mistake. So anyway, so long story short, then I knew how he was on. And if you can hear, you can hear me say, Cain Velasquez, and then the pressure, pressure, pressure. Then I'm telling him, relax, relax, just throw combinations three four you know do it th two or three punches but relax keep on pressure pressure the key was pressure that was the key and, and a lot of people have always uh undersold having stand up and i told i don't know how many times i have to tell people he yeah, can stand but you know this is the thing so it i never want him to stand why i mean you know even in practice you know when he stands and, and he might have whooped their ass right he comes back and you know, and I look at him, I said, what the hell was that? He goes, what, coach? I go, I go, how many takedowns did you try? Well, I, didn't, I go, well, are we going to do this in the fight? Are we going to just stand with this guy? I go, no, you need to take him down. I need I need threat of a takedown at all times. You want to get ready for this fight? We got to have a threat of all times, no matter what. You you stood the whole damn round. Not one time did you try to take him down. You know, so I trained them to be that way from the beginning. So it isn't like... All of a sudden, he stands, and then, he, no, he's always mastering the takedown with the strikes and the kicking, and he's always done that. So, And it's because I'm always on him about that, you know? And I, I, yeah, I, you know, he stands, you know, but come fight time, it's all about the game plan. I don't work all this stuff. Now, if I had him year-round, then guess what I would do? I would make him just box some days just to get better at boxing. I would make him just kickbox to get better at kickboxing. But I don't have him but till fight time, you know? So... I have to work on the strategy for the fight. So the strategy for the fight was pressure, 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 you know, pressure, 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 no kickboxing range because that gives Justin the huge advantage. And I knew just like, you know, 
Habib's stand-up is so underrated. Yeah. His boxing is so I think much the better world than people knows. Credit. I, I think the world knows now. And, and let me say, I mean, obviously you train him to be the best stand-up fighter possible um, because you want him to be able to do good on the feet in, in this situation like he did. Um, but it's not the smartest thing when you got a guy who's absolutely so beyond crazy dominant on the ground not to use that as his main thing. Is it safe to say, even though you – brought that stand-up up to the level that it's at is it safe to say that this being his final fight he fought his fight again or did he stick to the game plan 100 percent? this is the first time first time with me with me in his corner not his father being alive and being at home talking to him and having his father for confidence this is the first time he followed the game plan to a t he did exactly what i wanted to do without anybody there and but and of course i did remind him i said please Let's keep the father, father's legacy intact. Let's go father's plan, please. And he goes, okay, coach. Then he did. He, he followed father's plan better than when he fought Dustin. He was better prepared. And forget about the, the bad luck and the, the, the mumps and the, and the training. No, this was a better, we got a better version of him fight night than we did with, with Justin. So, so I'm not saying that he was not as good as, no, he was better. He was better, 100% better. And he proved it. You know, and he had to have been better because, man, Justin, I, dude, he, he's, he's that guy's a champ. He's a, beast. he's a champ through and through. Through yeah. and through, he's a champ. All right, guys, I want to take a second to thank our sponsors. Our first is Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast, the best below-the-waist groomer and product on the market by far. Now you can save 20% by entering code QUICK at checkout at manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. I always stress the E-D, uh, .com, enter code QUICK, and you get 20% off and free shipping. So order now. And that helps them know that I sent you. And you support the podcast. You support Manscaped. You get the best groomer. Works out for everybody. And as always, this podcast was brought to you by AK Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. You can find out any information that you need at akthailand.com or you can email us at info at akthailand.com. We are still offering our reopen special. Uh, so when people come after the quarantine, for you guys that want to come after the quarantine, 30% discount on all group training if you pre-book now. Um, that saves a third to help you pay for your flight, to help you pay for your expenses once you get here. Uh, you can book online at akthailand.com. We can also do visas for six months or for a year because we're official school. Email us at info at akthailand.com and we can go ahead and set that up for you, get that processing so that when this quarantine is over with, you can come here for six straight months or a year and just get away from everything uh, in a safe environment. Enjoy the islands, enjoy the great food, enjoy the great people, and enjoy the best gym ever built. I'm a little biased, but I think it was. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything.
I'm telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. One thing else that was very strange about this fight, not very strange, but just a little bit different. Um, and maybe it was either a rush to get the fight over with, or maybe there was just some kind of uh, reasoning behind it. What was the reason, in your opinion, that he was doing so much BJJ and trying to finish the fight with a submission versus his normal uh, ground and pound abuse? Was he just trying to get the fight over with without causing much damage and, and and trying to punish Justin, do you think, in, in some weird way in his mind? Or do you think he was just trying to get the fight over with fast and, and he's obviously really good on the ground and he took what he could? But from the first time he went to the ground in the first round and the second round, he went straight for submissions. Like There was no normal ground and pound positional type stuff. He he really liked Justin, so he didn't want to I do had any a feeling, ground yeah. and pound the other guys yes his family's right there normally he normally a lot of people go well you know he didn't finish it well it's because he didn't want to (laughs) he wanted to punish him that's what he does you know he enjoys doing that put a submission (laughs) he'll go to it and then uh the one area that that was to justin's um disadvantages he's never had any fights where he really fought off the ground much at all so he has not been there too so so that was an area that was lacking on his part it doesn't matter that you train in the gym all the time you haven't done it in the real fight so it's kind of hard when you go up against a master like habib who is in my opinion the master's master yeah. on the ground you know of mma he's yeah, the absolutely. master's master ground bro so it was easier for habib to easily go against somebody that you know is world class and as badass as he is he hasn't been on the ground uh, on real competition and, and that was a huge advantage for us and that's where I felt like we would dominate for damn sure. No way in hell we were not going to dominate there. But the stand-up was the area where they had their best chance in the low leg kick, which, let me tell you, had we had he landed maybe three or, or four or even one more leg kick to that same spot, the first one he hit him with hurt pretty bad. Yeah. He was slipping pretty good after. So he yeah. goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, coach. He goes, why did you tell them to leg kick me? Why? Why did you tell them our game plan? Why did you tell them? I said, well, you know, I wanted to make worth it a while. So I, I I told them they gave me money. So I told them the game plan. Yeah. He goes, well, you're a bad guy. Why did you tell them that? Why did you tell them the game plan? I go, well, you know, that's what can funny. I say? I wanted you to work for your money. <laughs> that, that's, how, that's how effective what they came at was. Uh, what, 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 that, that was the right game plan. They did come in with the right Absolutely. game plan. For sure. When was the point? Because I know there had to have been a point. I had the, the up-close angle because I was watching on TV, and I saw the multiple angles and all that. And I'll tell you where I saw it, after, uh, in my opinion. Wh- wh- where was the point in the fight where you saw that, or did you uh, see that look in Justin's face where maybe you thought, okay, this fight's going to go downhill from here? When Justin started backing up. Yeah, because you don't see that. Who, who is he backed no. up against? He couldn't feet. handle the pressure. He, and I knew that was something they wasn't used to. Yeah. He's the pressure guy. He's not used to being pressured. So when he couldn't handle the pressure and he was backing up, and you got to remember, you, you self-sabotage yourself. He kept saying, I'm going to stay in the middle of the cage. Yep. I'm not going to be near the cage. If I go to the cage, it's like suicide. Well, that was a mistake. You never say that. And he said it too many times, and I said, oh. Okay, so even though he probably didn't mean it, but he said it too many times. Yeah. So when it started happening, then, this movie, yeah. back in your mind, you're going, 
oh man, wait a minute, I'm just, I'm, this is not this is not my land. So see, you can't you can't do that. You gotta stay pinpoint. It's like like I told you straight up. I was dealing with a master chess player. His coach is a master. Absolutely. That guy is a master. You know, and I knew I better be on my game because that coach was going to be on his game. And if I gave just a little, that coach would have checked it and made it my ass. And I knew it. So that's why I had to come up with exact precise. And that's why I was on Habib, you know, like I told you, you know, like he, he did the sparring session. And it was like, I go, what was that? I didn't see one takedown. I go, look, you know, we talked about you need to do five rounds of this. Well, how the hell are you going to just go into the fight and practice takedowns if you don't do it here? I need you to do it in here. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. And he did it. You know, like I said, the last barring session, unbelievable. He, he So no excuses going into the fight. 100%. We, we, we were ready. Forget the toe. Doesn't you don't matter. need an excuse. Broken toe or not, does, doesn't matter. It didn't hamper his... Uh, position or nothing and i don't think it helps for for justin as far as like being confident and and being uh keeping that right mindset when he's getting pressured back like he said he wasn't going to do and he's landing big punches on habib and habib is not even like it's not not even slowing him down that pressure like he just i, I remember two times he took really nice punches and just rolled to the left and then just kept coming forward with punches again and that had to when, when you're a bone crushing puncher like justin is and you hit somebody and you get a reaction every time which is usually them running away or falling to the ground yeah, and then you're hitting yeah. a monster who just continues to come forward and you're actually landing on him that's got to be a terrifying feeling it's not a good feeling, especially yeah. when he hits you and it hurts. Yeah, exactly. And then also, you know, uh, Habib used the front kick. He kicked him with the front kick up here, and I, I, it looked like a couple of them landed pretty decent on him. You know, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think Justin expected the, the front kick to come up the middle either. But Habib actually dropped one of the sparring partners with the with the front kick in sparring during this camp. You know, before the broken toe, yeah. he, he hit that front kick, boom, the guy just dropped, and he was looking at me like, oh, it's just stuff works. I go, hello? You know, it's not a push kick. It's a front kick. Use a push kick. Push kick, what is it? It's called push kick, you know, TP. Yeah, it's push kick. But you use a front kick, that does damage. Like, you know who does a really good front kick is the heavyweight, uh, uh, the guy that fought the, the, from Russia. Um, what's his name? The, the, the heavyweight. He fought in this card. Um, oh, Volkov. Yeah. Volkov. He, yeah. Does, he does a beautiful, for heavyweight, yeah, beautiful he does. front kick. Beautiful front kick. And, and Habib don't look like that, but, but it's effective. <laughs> He's got an effective front kick. But anyways, I'm just stating yeah, the yeah. difference between a front kick and a push kick. A front kick will drop you, not expecting that you'll get dropped. Yeah, I saw the, uh, like after the first round, a lot of people think it was when the takedown happened, but it was before that. But from the camera angle that we had on, on, on Fight Pass, whatever, um, when he was coming back from the front, the first round back to his corner, he took like a few deep breaths, and you could kind of see like he had that expression on his face, like uh, he's never going to be scared or, or, or afraid or anything. Justin's a, a savage, but you could see from those breaths that he was like, "Holy shit, man! This guy's like a pit bull, like grabbing your leg." Like you know what I mean? Like like when a dog attacks you, it doesn't matter the size of the dog, or whatever. But when he bites your leg and he's all over you. Yeah. The panic alone is worse than yeah. the dog bite almost, yeah. you know? And, yeah. like, he, I could yeah. see that in his face, like, holy shit. And then he took me down yeah. and mounted me in, like, 30 seconds. Like, what, what the hell am I going to do? Well, see, yeah, Justin, I didn't think was going to be ready for that. And I knew that. I knew that. Because, you know, look, to be ready for Habib, you got to spar Habib. And you don't exactly. have another Habib 
world. So guess what? I've said that over and over. Want, you know, and like like they were saying, uh, they brought in uh, uh, the the greatest uh, wrestler, not the same, uh, Burroughs, George Burroughs, and I, and they asked me, well, he's got Burroughs. I go, okay, but that's wrestling. Well, yeah, Burroughs can come train with Habib, but it's not MMA. We can't wrestle with Burroughs, but let's try MMA and see what happens. Burroughs gonna get smashed. You know, because he's going to get punched. He's going to get kicked, you know, and, and he's not going to be able to defend wrestling, you know. And you know how I know this? I learned this really early on in 1997 or 96. I don't know which year. With Frank Shamrock, your 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 instructor. <laughs> I, I, uh, when I first started training with Frank, I told Frank, <laughs> okay, Frank, you know, uh, you want me to help you? I helped you. So I said, yes. Yeah. So I put on the gloves with Frank, just kickboxing. Man, it was like ridiculous. I was yeah. kickboxing, bam, bam. It's like so easy. It's like 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 a beginner, and I'm just I'm just too easy. So easy, it was ridiculous. And and Frank says, "Okay, Hob, can we do takedowns?" I go, "Sure, okay, no problem." All of a sudden, we're playing with takedowns. All of a sudden, he shoots right in on me. I sprawl. I'm like, "Oh shit!" I don't even know how to sprawl, but he yeah. shoots in on me. All of a sudden, my kickboxing went out the door. Yeah. His pressure was too much. He shot in on me. I think I sprawled on him maybe three or four times. He shot in and I sprawled. But I did zero damage. He came at me. And then he freaking ankle picked me and dropped me on my butt. Yeah. But I had no, nothing for him. Zero. And I said, that's when I learned pressure. The pressure and then the wrestling. How it changes the whole freaking game. And it's, hey, hey I, yeah, I'm kickboxing. Ah, whatever. Oh, I'm sparring great shamrock. Yeah. Okay, well. Do what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Different ball game. You know, I'm not the king. He was the king. You know, he made me look like an idiot. Yeah, and I guess this guy's name was Burroughs or whatever, but if he was coming in and, and not just doing takedowns, which is probably what they had him do, but if he was putting pressure on Gaethje and landing hard, powerful punches – and, and, and shocking Gaethje with them, that would have been a whole different story to prepare him for. Yeah. Well, Gaethje's underestimating yeah, it, the stand-up of Habib, and then now he's exactly. got this, this guy that he's supposed to be beating on the feet, landing punches, and taking the punches that should be knocking him out while also yeah. knowing that he could take him down off the cage. Yeah, that yeah. changes yeah. everything. Yeah. Also, also the welterweight champ called called him because he's friends with Habib, and he said, hey, hey, brother, you know, I'm, I'm going to spar with Justin. Are you cool with it? Habib goes, no, brother, absolutely. This is not, uh, this is a profession. Usman. You know, you're good friends with Wasn't him. Wasn't it Usman? Oh, it was Usman, right? They did that? Yeah. Yeah, he sparred with him. He, yeah. he, but he asked Habib, to, you know, like, hey, you know, are you cool with it? And Habib was, Habib, absolutely. Habib don't care. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, care. Like hey, you know, he's he's not gonna take nothing away from him. It's like, you know, it's like, hey, you know, help him, help me. I mean, no problem, you know. Yeah. And, and it is what it is. I mean, he was very gracious about that, you know. And uh, hey, it, 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 like I said, it, it, you up here for Habib, you gotta have Habib. <laughs> so if you don't have Habib as your sparring partner or someone that's almost identical to him, how are you gonna prepare for Habib? Kind of hard. I've said that for so many fights, and I'm so. And now that he's done, I'm so glad because I'm, I can never be wrong <laughs> because it's true. I've always said you, you don't know until you feel him. Until you feel Habib, you can't possibly prepare. I don't care how much you talk to people, how much you, they tell you. They don't probably remember, honestly, after an adrenaline-packed fight, just how it felt and how dangerous it really was. And you know, So it's like until you're in the training room or, or, or you, you fight him and you get to feel that kind of pressure – you're not gonna know. You can't really prepare for that kind of shit. He's like inhuman. Yeah. It's it's like a, a freaking cyborg. Yeah, well, it's like this, bro. I, I say it, and people don't fully 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 understand. He is the only person that's never lost a sparring session. I never said rounds. I said session. Never in his life 
since I've known him, has he lost a sparring session. He might wow. lose a round here and there. Never lost a sparring session. Never been submitted. Never been close to being submitted in actual MMA uh, sparring. Never. The, the only time I've seen him close to being submitted was one time with Kyle Crutchmer. Kyle Crutchmer, I was like, I was like so shocked. Dude, I was about to go grab my camera and go, oh, okay, I got him. I'm going to film him and get actually tapped out. And he got out of it. And I was like, how oh, the f and hell did he do that? Then he was caught dead to right. Kyle yeah. Kretschmer was like, "How the hell did you get out, man? I, I had you, I had you." It's like, no, no, he's he's a hey, he's a phenom. That's just the way it is, man. I didn't even know phenom. that. That's crazy. I believe it, but I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, yeah. Think think about this. Kane Velasquez, as great as he was, great. Kane Velasquez has almost everything I've ever. Here, I taught him so many years. He is so good everywhere. He's he's lost sparring sessions, you know. And Daniel Cormier's lost sparring sessions. Luke Rockles lost sparring sessions. And those are great fighters, great fighters. I believe no. And I want people to understand when when you say something like that, people that don't know that are watching this podcast, um, an AKA sparring session is not like a normal sparring session that you would envision being a fan. Like where two guys go in there and, and, and just spar. Usually you're sparring at least two guys. So like, it's usually like you're sparring two guys. If not two guys, you're sparring a fresh guy. So they're getting switched in between each round. I'm pretty sure Habib's not sparring one person for four rounds or five rounds for his fight camp. He's getting a fresh guy. So he may spar one guy. Then another guy will jump in fresh on his second round when he's already tired from the first round. And then another guy will jump in on the third round. So when you say he hasn't lost a sparring round or a sparring session, that's saying a lot, you know, that's saying a lot from, from an AKA fight camp. That's that's a hell of a lot. Yeah, exactly. Because no, I can't say that about anybody else. And Kane, and I'll say I've never seen Kane lose a sparring session. So you've seen something that I haven't seen. Because and and Kane, we Kane's, Kane's lost. Kane's lost sparring sessions, but, no, but very few, very and, very few. And I've even seen us put like two and three people in one round against Kane because he would wear him out and beat <laughs> him up. Is that not true? He used to beat yeah. up guys so bad because nobody could hang with him that we would have like no, one guy go two minutes, another guy go two minutes, and one guy go one minute. Three guys he would go through in five minutes because he he, he couldn't. Nobody could last five minutes with him. Misfortune and injuries. I mean, in all honesty, Kane Kane should be regarded as the greatest heavyweight of all time yeah. and regarded as. Yeah. One of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest, but unfortunately, uh, God didn't that not intend that for him, or maybe stupid me, or who knows, you know, I don't know, you know, but it just wasn't meant to be, you know. Uh, his God given ability, his heart, his desire was all there, but misfortune and injuries, and you know, was it other training, over training, under training, incorrect training, who knows? Bottom line is, it was like. You know, my wife would just always say, you need to put Kane in a bubble. I want to call him Bubble Boy <laughs> to protect him. And yeah. I'm like, I, was, I mean, he was always injured, man. Yeah. And then I used to think, what the hell's going on here? And I asked them, I go, man, did you get injured in wrestling? He goes, never. And I'm going, shit, you know, why the hell are you getting injured now? And then all of a sudden Dana comes out with the with the caveman, you know, caveman days, a.k.a. the ruthless. And, <laughs> yeah, and, like, and I was already thinking way before that, what the hell is wrong? And then I figured out the formula. And, and, and well, the formula was this, not that we were sparring too hard. No, 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 no. The fact that guys were sparring when they shouldn't be sparring, the fact that guys were injured and they weren't letting me know, the fact that guys didn't get proper sleep and they were sparring, the fact that, that guys didn't want to spar and they were sparring you know so i would start having the talks look listen this is the deal if you don't want to spar i don't care if i ask you don't do it 
Do not do it for your sparring partner. Don't do it for no one. You have to want to be in there, number one. Number two, if you had a fight with your girlfriend, if you this or that, if you, if you didn't get good sleep, don't do it. Don't spar. It's not a good time to do it. If you have an injury, you want to spar, you have to let me know about your injury. Then I can decide what you can do or can't do. We started that, and guess what happened? All of a sudden, before you know it, uh, our, our injury rate dropped like almost 95%, you know, which is sad to say. And I'm like, all it takes is, you know, it wasn't when we were sparring bad, is that we weren't communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. And then I'll give you one example of how this mishap happened that went bad. One day I had one of these guys who's a young, great, great up-and-coming uh, professional. A guy had great experience, going to be great. And I, I told him, I looked around and said, hey, do you want to spar Habib? And he's like, yes, 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 yes. I go, okay, spar Habib. Very first thing Habib did, shot in, takedown, dropped him on his head, separated his shoulder. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then, and, and, you know, he goes, man, Hob, I should have listened. Yeah. I didn't want to spar. But you asked me, and I never got to spar with Habib, and I wanted to spar with him so much. I don't want to miss this opportunity. And I, and I should have listened to you. I shouldn't have sparred. And look what happened. And I go, you know. So that's when things started becoming better for us. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you figuring that out after my career. Because yeah. as yeah, far as Dan is concerned, I'm the most injured person in UFC history. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> thanks for me and Thompson. Yeah. So thanks for that. Thompson, yeah. Poor Thompson. <laughs> He was man. He trained so hard. He he was that guy. Yeah, he he. Yeah, Thompson was a warrior, man. Still is, but that guy wouldn't quit for nothing. You too, say. So going back to the fight camp really fast. Um, is this the longest you've ever had a fight camp uh, outside of AK and overseas? Yes. Yeah, I've never been. Another, I'm on, I'm going on two months this week that I've been in Dubai. Two wow. months. Yeah, I haven't been home. You know, so uh, yeah, longest. But I feel like home here. They treat me so well over here. It's it's a pretty good, you know. It's yeah. like it's nice. You know, it's nice to be here. How does it feel knowing that the world kind of knows what you've known all along, as far as with a stand up and just being a complete fighter and 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 being who he is? I think he really got to showcase who he was in this fight, which was coincidentally the last fight um, to answer all the questions. And that's got to feel good knowing that you've preached this for so long and still so many people went against you on saying, yeah, whatever, his stand up's not that good, and yeah, whatever, this, that, and the other. It's like now you're right. <laughs> you, he showed it. He showed everything. Yeah. No. It, 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 I don't think about it like you're saying, but not thinking about it. What you're saying right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it should make me feel proud because oh, yeah. I, I've been saying it, but but people really haven't been, you know, they haven't been really paying attention. But I think they will now. And the thing of it is, is like this is it. This is the last we'll see him. You know. And um, but but at least they they would have seen him at his best. Absolutely. Let me ask you, when he, um, I got to ask this question, and obviously you know him a lot better than I do. When he retired, he specifically did say that this was going to be his last UFC fight. And obviously, I assume that he had this deal, you know, with his father, and, 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 and there was all a very good reason, and I totally 100% firmly believe it. So there's no way I'm going to ask. I, I, would, I would normally ask, do you think he'll get drugged back into MMA and fight again? I, I'm in no way going to ask that because I truly believe it's true. But... He did show interest about uh, Mixed Rules fight with Floyd, and obviously the GSP fight wasn't 
you know, going to happen because he's not going to fight MMA anymore. Do you see him possibly, because he's such a competitive guy, do you see him possibly either boxing or doing a mixed rules or doing BJJ or doing some kind of competition outside of actual full-on pro MMA? Or do you think any kind of combat or competitive martial arts is done? Um, you know, I was blindsided by... Yeah, I thought he was going to go 30 and 0. Then I was expecting him to, because he would say, Why are you guys talking about retirement? I'm here. I'm not retired. So I'm thinking, Okay, he's going to, who knows when he's going to fight? Who knows? He's like, Who knows when I'm going to fight? Who knows? So I'm thinking, Okay, he might go even past 30 and 0. He might, I don't know. I was just open, but I was definitely thinking 30 and 0. Right. And then if he was going to say done, I was thinking, Okay, done. So for me, this whole thing, and he's like, I'm done. I was like, I was like, I didn't know I was speechless. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So then I realized how hard it was on him because of, you know, all the crying he did before he made that speech. So I understood that this was a big burden on him and his mother. And, and uh, you know, he he's all about keeping his promises. And yeah. he promised his mother that he wouldn't fight it anymore. So unless his mother says, son, you know, you're driving me crazy. Go back to fighting. Be happy. Uh, I seriously doubt he, he will return. And uh, as far as what you're saying, he did want to fight with Floyd. He definitely wanted to do the boxing match with Floyd. He definitely 100% wanted that. And I think there was talks about it. But uh, at this particular stage, he's got so many business ventures that he's yeah. doing that, that I don't know if he is going to devote the time. I think he's going to devote the time to preserve his father's legacy and and I believe he's going to do gyms all around the world like like he had planned. I, I think that's in the works. Cool. Once this pandemic's over, you know, but but can he come out and have a fight with Floyd? Possible. Yeah. Possible. I won't talk to him about it, though. I won't say nothing. I'm just, hey, you know, the one thing he told me is he's coaching with me. So that's it. So he's, he's my coach. Yeah, so he's really going to coach. He's really going to coach with you? He said, yeah, because I'm going to coach with you. So, yeah, I expect him to be there with me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because, you know, we got AKA, right? We got AKA San Jose. We got AKA Thailand with you. So there's like a, a partnership there, you know? So it's like, you know, we're going to help each other out. You know, that's just the way it is. That's so awesome. That, that's so freaking awesome. You know, I talked to uh, I talked to Dana about Islam, obviously getting taken off the card. And, and he said he was going to get a main event fight coming up here in Vegas coming up soon. I don't know. Maybe it's been announced. Maybe I'm behind on it. But is there anything as far as opponent announced officially yet? And then what do you what do you think about that? Well, this is the thing. I, I was doing a press conference. They had me do a press conference, and, and they, they, they mentioned the, the fight. And I go, why? I was like, well, I don't know. Islam eventually. And they go, well, it says that he's fighting in Vegas and this and that. I go, oh, okay. So I was like, okay, I guess, you know. So he's fighting Vegas, but it's not official. So there's no official there. Until it's Nothing's official, there's yet. no fight. So right. as far as I know, as far as I know, there's no official yet. You know, I know it was on Sure Dog. I know it was on uh, uh, all these uh, Combate. It was all over the days before I even made my comment. But I, it's, uh, as far as I know, you know, it's not official. So so the, the reporters duped me into, into saying uh, something that wasn't because I didn't know. I have zero idea, and I never looked to see at the official site to see what's what is it, what is it, you know. And so, no, but it's not official as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and I haven't heard whether it is official yet or not, or what's the date. I have not heard. You know, right. they're speculating. Uh, people are saying this day, that day. I, I just know that Islam is the closest thing 
to the next Eagles champion. He's the closest uh, to actually of all AKA. If we include him in the AKA family, he's the closest one to a title shot. That's good. That's awesome. Um, let me ask you a couple of breakdowns really fast. What What is your take on the Uriah Hall Anderson Silva fight coming up? Considering where they're at, like Anderson, where he's at, but he's also Anderson Silva and then Uriah Hall. What What is your breakdown on that fight? Fun fight could be could be very boring or could be very explosive. You know, uh, uh, one thing's for sure. You know, it, it's going to be boring or it's going to be very explosive. You know, and somebody is explosive, which is what I hope someone's getting knocked out. I don't know who. But, I think so. Uh, huh? Those guys, those guys are great strikers. Both of those guys. Uh, yeah. They're obviously both past their prime. One more so than the other, but they're still great fighters. It's kind of one of those fights where I, I, I don't know, for some odd reason, I would say at any other time. I'd agree 100%. It's going to be a crazy knockout, just flashy, crazy knockout. But considering kind of where they're at, and I think uh, Uriah might play a little safer considering he was his idol. You're, there's always that respect level thing. And then Anderson Silva also playing a little safer because he's older. I don't know. It's, I, I agree with you. It's going to be explosive and crazy, or it could be completely unlike or, what we expect. One of the two. Or it could be. Yeah. It could be. It could be. I, I, I know I – know I'll watch it if I'm around. If not, I'm. I mean, I mean, look. Let's face it. Come on, dude. It's you watch fights for the importance of what that fight is, unless they're your idol or something, and or unless there's nothing to do and you want to watch the fights. But you know, you tune in to see who's the best of the best. That's the way it's always been, you know. And and uh, there's just there's not the best of the best. There's not potential best of the best. So if you're watching the card. It's probably there's probably some great guys on the undercard, which USC usually does. They probably put some great undercard guys you want to watch because these are great fighters that are going to be on their way up, and they're just using the name value of the great Silva and and and, and uh, him to to propel it. Because I mean, those are they're great fighters, and one's one of the greatest, you know. So, I mean, uh, Uriah Hall is, is is a great fighter, you know, but and Anderson Silva is one of the greatest, you know, yeah. um, definitely past his prime, but he's still a great fighter. Still, yeah. still whoop up on over, over, over almost anybody. So he still, he still can do it, you know. But is it important? Is it going to bring either one of them to a title fight? Absolutely not. So, how important is the fight? It's an entertaining fight. It's an entertainment fight, and hopefully, it turns out to be entertaining. That's kind of the situation, I think. It could very well be a hell of an entertaining fight. Yeah. Yes, and I'm hoping it does because they're both superstar entertainers. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and then obviously. Um, Hamza Chimeyev, two two part question on this one. Do you think he's he's overhyped so far considering the level of competition? Even though he he is getting it done and doing it so impressively, do you think he's a little overhyped? Like they're over overdoing it a little bit considering he's had such few fights. And then how do you see his fight going with Leon Edwards? Because that's a legit opponent right there. Um, I don't think he's hyped. Uh, I think that he he's jumping up the level of competition fairly fast. And I think Leon Edwards is as tough as they're going to come. And if he doesn't take Leon down and hold him down, I think he's in trouble. You know, uh, Leon's a master striker. Uh, he trained with us for two camps. Uh, oh, he, did? So he, he trained with us for one of his one, with his first loss was he trained with us because he didn't really know he needed wrestling, and he fought the champ during that time. That's his only loss. And uh, but but he came to us like one month of training. How you can prepare one month of training for? You know uh, the guy that's a great wrestler. You know, and, and that was his uh, that was his downfall was the wrestling. He's corrected that, and he realized that he didn't have to go overseas to get great training. He had it in his own backyard. So right. Leon created his own 
circle of experts around him. He don't need to go nowhere. He he wants to start training camp against a good wrestler, good jiu-jitsu guy, good striker. Stay home. I got it here. I don't need to go AKA. I don't need to go anywhere. Stay here. So he did that, and uh, look what's result. Was he eight and zero now since then? You know, he's I pretty, mean, he's doing pretty good. Uh, I don't know for sure. And he's handled everything he needs to. So if uh, Hamza can take him down and hold him down. We'll go see, you know, but but I don't know. I don't I don't know. My gut feeling is I don't know, to be honest with you. I don't know. I I, I, I can't I can't uh I can't discount how good either one of them are. And and I I don't know how it's gonna go. I, I really don't. I know Leon Edwards got the the more experience in the UFC, but the other one's on a tear and he's just he believes he's invincible. He's yeah. like a you know, Habib two point they're saying and but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. So far he's proven. He's proven he is. He's proven he is. I'll give it to him. I'm ha- you know, hats off to him for taking this fight because he's definitely, you know, there's one thing of saying you'll fight anybody, saying you'll fight all the time. And there's another thing when you fight a guy that's on an eight-fight win streak who's one of the best in the world and you've only had a couple fights in the UFC, like even with all the hype and everything, like he, yeah. hats off to him for that because we're going to yeah. know after this fight if he's, if he's uh, legit or not. Yeah. That's for sure. Did you, did you read his story about when, when uh, Conor McGregor was talking about Habib and, and how Hamza was so pissed off that, that he got on the – he got on the – they tried to go to Ireland oh. to, go, go front, to go confront McGregor when he was an amateur. I heard something he, about it. But... He, he tried to go over there and confront McGregor, but they wouldn't let him in the country. He said, I tried to go challenge him. It's like you make disrespect us. So th- this kid is – I mean, hey, man, you're an amateur guy. You're going over there to fight arguably one of the greatest – you know, lightweight fighters of all time, which is in Connor, and and you have no fear, and you actually go over there. Come on, there's something to that. So, so I'm not going to be surprised at anything this kid does. I'm impressed as hell what he's done so far. Uh, the last guy he fought was no joke, you know, and he took him out. He yeah. took him out, you know. Uh, so I don't know. It, it, will he get Leon? I don't know. I don't know if if he takes care of Leon like he did everybody else. Then what are you going to say? Yeah, and I'm no, not he's saying. Then he could. I just don't know about that one. It's it's. I need to see more of him. And right now, what I've seen is so damn impressive. It's hard to judge, right? What what are you gonna do when you meet that brick wall? You know, yeah. what are you gonna do then? Yeah. I don't know. Is he gonna do this, or, or, or are you gonna completely fold? I don't know. I don't know. He hasn't met adversity yet. When you meet adversity, we'll see what you're made of. He hasn't met adversity yet. Well, we're celebrating Habib in this podcast. I mean, obviously for his greatness, and 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 this is a very historic fight, historic moment. But you yourself, sir, uh, even though I've known you for so long and you've been great and fantastic as a trainer this whole entire time, you, I mean, you've I mean, you've put yourself there. You, you're 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 you've built the greatest fighter of all time. You're the greatest trainer of all time, technically in the in the sport. Like there should be some credit there, you know, and, and you've earned it. And, and how does how does that make you feel? I, you know what? I don't even. I, 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 I mean, knew you were gonna say I that. Even think about it. No, it's like, hey, you know, I love what I'm doing, and, and you know what I'm always looking at is, honestly, like, who's next? Who do I gotta work on? And there's yeah. some definitely some great talent that that I have, but they're they're, they're a few years away, and uh, let's see what happens. I got some great promising up and coming guys. I got some guys that are in the Olympics that they want to come train after, you know, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I right now, you know. I, it's like, you know, I, I don't, for whatever reason, what I've accomplished is behind me. It's not, not, I don't bring it back up. It's already, it's there. It's there. Not yeah. what's in front of me. What's in front it's of me. What's coming. Front. You know? So I'm focusing on what I can bring back in, not what's behind me. That's, that's done. 
you know, my history's done, and and I'm not looking to become the greatest nothing of nothing. I I, I just want to be respected, you know, uh, with with my peers, and and I believe I am, and and I give them the respect, they give me the respect, and that's my biggest thing is to always be, you know, in the top top ten in the world, you know, as a gym, and I think we're proving that, and uh, I, I'm hoping to continue. On that, we don't have to be number one. We don't have to be number two, number three, number four, number five, number six. But I don't want to be 11, 12, or thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in the top ten. That was my goal, and so far, so good. Yeah, and that's kind of a thinking question. Sorry, I hate to put you on the spot, but uh, if you were going to go, I don't know what you do, but fishing or something like that, uh, and spend the day with a couple people, not friends, you know, and people from the team and, and fighters and stuff. But if you were going to spend the day fishing or, like I said, whatever it is that you do with two people in the world, who who would those two people be and why? Like, who would you like to hang out with for for a day? Uh, who, what two people? Right, that's a tough, wow. tough thinking question. But I'm just curious. I'm just curious, like, two guys that you'd like to talk to, like someone, one of the best trainers in the world. And we know only mostly about your training. But your, as far as your interest level, who are two guys you'd like to talk to and hang out with for a day? I don't have anybody. Not really, huh? No, I don't. I, I don't never think about hanging out with no one other than my friends. You've probably hung you know, out with everybody that you've wanted to. I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't. I, I don't want to pick no one's brain. I don't. Man, if I give you some answers, I'm, they're going to be bullshit answers because. Well, well, I, you know what? The bullshit was me blowing the last question of the podcast. So I'll take the <laughs> I'll take the blame on that one. Way to go, Mike! It, you did an hour and twenty minutes, and you just fucking blew the last one. <laughs> well, cut it. <laughs> I'm going to leave it just to show how stupid of a question it was. You stumped me on that one because I'm like. Sometimes people have have interesting things. You know, sometimes people, you you never know about people. Like, right. You never know what people's been through. That's why I don't judge people. I got, I got, I got 100% one. Okay. There we go. You should, you should have said alive or not alive. Yeah. That well, that's okay. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Not alive. Muhammad Ali. Okay. Muhammad Ali. I'd want to hang out with him. Want to hang out with him. That's it. No one else. If I had to pick a second, if I had to pick a second, Elvis Presley. Well, you just answered the question, so it worked. I'm not yeah, so stupid after all. You didn't say pass. You said I, I never. <laughs> if you had said pass or pass, dead or I, I would have said, yeah. I would have said those two. No, but to hang out, to admire. No, Muhammad Ali, hands down, he's the only one. You know, to, to, if I win, if I'm just gonna do that, but Elvis, because I thought Elvis was badass. He was. He was, cool. he was a, know, he was a cool so, dude. So uh, those two guys. To hang out, hang out, yeah, for sure. Elvis, he he, he loved martial arts. Yeah, you know he hated, he had a character. Mike, I think Stone, Mike Stone, I believe was his Stone. Yeah. That was his name. So, and that's the guy that had an affair with his wife. <laughs> I didn't even know about that. Yeah, 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 he had an affair with his wife, and, and uh, he also I think he trained with uh, <laughs> Bill Wallace. Yeah, Bill no, Wallace, Superfoot. Trained with Bill Superfoot Wallace. So, so, so I would have a lot in common with both of them, and that's why it would be cool to hang out with both of those guys. If Elvis was just a singer and wasn't a martial artist, then, then you know, then I probably he probably wouldn't have He's any interest. Unique, though. I don't want to talk about the music with Ali. There was man, Ali. There's so much. Yeah, that's that one I of mine like. too. So, you know, just be around. Yeah, yeah. For darn sure, those two. Yeah, and I got, I got one more question. I just forgot. I just remembered now. I got la- one, la- one last question for you, Hav. Um, who is going to fight for the championship next? Do you think they should make the Conor Poirier fight for the championship, which I think makes the most sense for the business because if Conor does win, he's going to be the biggest star in the world again. Or do you think somehow they fight, then they fight Justin, and that, and that becomes a title fight? Where, where, where do you think – uh, this is going to go from here with with Habib uh, taking or giving up his title now. 
this is my thought on that. Okay, number one, uh, Dustin earned the right to fight Habib for the title. Yep. Okay, so so Dustin lost to Habib. He come back and he, he beats a really game tough Dan Hooker. Right. So he he uh, he, he got back in the winning circle. Okay, Tony was supposed to fight Habib. He instead ends up fighting, you know, Justin. Justin takes Tony's spot. Okay, so Tony hasn't come back since. He hasn't fought anybody since. Okay, so now Justin just fights Habib. He just lost. Tony's last fight was a loss. Justin's last fight's a loss. Connor's last fight was a win. win. Yeah. So, and then who should be number one? To me... There is no title fight unless Dustin is the person fighting anybody of the top five. Justin, Dustin, 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 Dustin has to fight. If they put Dustin with Justin, justified. Dustin versus Tony, justified. Tony versus I'm um, Dustin versus Connor, justified. Anybody that Dustin fights should be legit top five to fight for a title. That's my opinion because I think he's the number one. I agree with you. And for the sake of the company, being with Connor and being such a powerhouse, I think that's what they should do is make Connor and Dustin for the title and then Gaethje gets first shot. Yeah, yeah. It, then they it, got two Gaethje super fights. First shot. Yeah, because he beat Tony. But if Tony comes back with a strong performance, then, then arguably then he's, he in the, he's in the run. Tony only needs one great fight. He needs one great fight to get back in the mix. And uh, he's such a warrior that you can't tell me Tony can't get one great fight and win. I, I would not be surprised if he's back in the mix after his next win, if if he fights soon, you know, or or, or Justin. I'm not going to look. Any one of those guys can be the champ, yeah. you know. Any one of those guys. If I had to pick who out of all four, I, I I'm going to say Connor. But that doesn't mean that I'm right. That's just you know. I mean, if I can pick. The winners all the time. My God, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I mean, that's yeah. just that's that's who I think. That doesn't mean that's who's going to win. Could yeah. be Dustin. It could be Tony. It could be Justin. I don't know. Any yeah. one of those guys could be a champion. Yeah. All right, Hal. Well, thanks for talking to me again and and spending so much time after the the fight. I wanted to have this conversation, especially after hearing. Uh, how concerned you sound <laughs> on the first podcast. I knew there was a lot to come uh, out, and I was hoping he would win so it wouldn't look like excuses because we can't talk about stuff going wrong if he had a loss. No. So, you know, no, I'm glad everything worked out the way it did. Yeah, if things didn't work out the way it did and we lost, I, I wouldn't have told you anything. I would just, yeah. I would just take my butt whooping and, and just, hey, they won, you know, because that's the fight game. Yeah. We all fight. We all fight injured. But the bottom line is, like I said, yeah, we had we had the worst luck you know, going into this camp, but at the very end, we had a fighter that was 100% ready, and I don't know if we had a great camp, if he would have been any better than he was anyways. And that's that's a fact. That's a fact. Because yeah. he looked so goddamn good these last last two sparring sessions, but his last one specifically was right on point, game plan, perfect. Pressure, everything he did, the last sparring session was on freaking believable. And I said, ah, so the only question after that was how much of father not being there. And obviously, you know, you've seen it was a big deal. It was a big deal. But he used it the right way. He used it to propel himself to victory versus some people fail because it hurts too much. Where he made himself better. He made himself a better fighter for the 
preserving the father's legacy. So, so in that regard, you know, and that's what I thought. Like I remember Oscar De La Hoya when he, he lost his mother, and you know, he won the Olympics for her. You know, and then uh, that just reminds me of what people can do when they put something dear in front of them, and and uh, that's what Habib did. He put his father, uh, his legacy, and then he did it for that. Yeah. And then he retired for mother's legacy. You know? yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm still so shocked about the fight as far as just – I mean, I'm not shocked about the result, but just so – I was speechless afterwards. I was going to do a recap. I, I had the podcast room set up to do a recap, and I just couldn't even do it. I came in here, and, and I still was going to do a recap. Then the recap turned into just a segment on Habib. Like, it was going to be just about Habib, my thoughts on Habib. And I knew I was going to get you in here, and that was going to be way more important, way better. And this is a lot better than me talking about it anyway. Um, I just couldn't do it. I, so I just went to bed. <laughs> it was like 4 in the morning or something. So I just went to bed and tried to go to sleep. Yeah, it's cool. Well, thanks a you lot. You know, we almost talked hours. Uh-huh. Almost two hours. That's how good I am now, huh? See, see, in the beginning, you know, I was struggling to put stuff together, but look at me now. I am like a it, pro at this. I made I made yeah, an yeah. hour and a half feel like it, nothing. That too, and you got a coach that talks too goddamn much. It gives up way too much information. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm good at running my mouth. No, you, you're you know? perfect. You're perfect yeah. at the podcast for sure. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot for uh, for giving me your time. I'll be talking to you probably in, in an hour <laughs> so but uh thanks for the thanks for the podcast this is a great insight for everybody i mean this is uh gonna be great for everybody to 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 hear and uh don't sell yourself short man. chop it up chop it up man chop it up they got almost two hours chop it up chop chop up the, the elvis the muhammad thing chop it all. we will chop 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 in different segments we will we'll chop that it up on the clip site go to sleep on us and go, what the hell you guys shut the f up Nah, people like this I and we have the clip site too we have the clip side too, so we'll chop it up. But uh, yeah, thanks for being on the podcast again. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for taking time out for me and, and sharing all the information that you did. And uh, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll be talking within the next like, four, four podcasts again about something else. When, when, when Islam gets signed for a fight or something. <laughs> all right, we'll do. All right, take care, Hoff. All right, there we go. Javier Mendez. Uh, what a great uh, podcast with great insight to the camp and the fight and afterwards and and everything we got into all kinds of subjects so you know it's great i talk to him every day and we can still have amazing podcasts where we can share so much information it's so cool so i i'll i'm i'll never tire of having a, a javier mendez podcast um anyway i hope you guys enjoyed it as much as uh i did and took from it and got some more information about habib and his fight camp and his fight and what's going on now and um about javier and and everything else um, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know your thoughts on all the stuff we talked about, you know, especially the pound for pound stuff. I want to know what you guys think. Am I right? Am I wrong? You know, like I'm biased, but like, I mean, it's factual stuff that I was saying. So I have to, I have to believe that the biasness is gone and I'm just right about that. Um, but either way, let us know what you think about everything. Let us know who you want to see on the show. We got some big guests lined up. We want to keep these things going as, as fast as possible, kick them out as, as often as we can. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the positive comments. You guys have been fantastic. We've had Dana White on here recently. We've had, that was the last podcast. We had Habib, uh, Minotaro even came on in between Habib and Dana. Um, Javier was on before that, giving us kind of like a, a little bit of uh, information before the fight. So anyway, let us know what you think. Uh, we appreciate the support. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.